get in your word? You ready to grow? You ready to be challenged? You ready to be shifted? You ready to be cultivated? Now, see, why do you keep asking me all these words? Because I need to make sure that you're ready to receive what's about to come. It's is more than just another sermon that you get to hear today. I need you to understand that before we even get into Scripture, everything that I'm about to declare out of his word is for you. And that that word is going to have strength in your life. Because a lot of times people make decisions on what I preach halfway through the message. Oh, that's a word for me. No, everything that is about to come out of this pulpit is for you. I don't care if you're a new believer or an old believer. God has a word just for you. So I need you to understand this word is for you. So look at your neighbor. Look at them in the face. Now, I'm not saying you have to do this twice because somebody's going to feel rejected in a minute. But I need you to look in the face and say, this word is for me. No matter what. Now, look at the other neighbor you didn't look at. Smile even prettier. Look them in the face and say, this word is for me. No matter what. Good. I could read you all kinds of scripture now. Y'all be all kinds of messed up. Elijah called the bears out of the woods. Oh, no, no. Okay, turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 8 this morning. The book of Luke chapter 8. I believe I got a word for you this morning, and I'm not going to tell you where it came from. You'll find out in just a little bit. It, it came out of the most unlikely place. How many of y'all love it when God speaks to you out of the most unlikely place? Not in your prayer time, not in your word time. You see something and God goes, watch this. And so that's where this message came from. And so Luke chapter 8, if you got it, say, I got it. If you don't say, help me, Jesus. If you didn't bring your Bible, look at your neighbor and say, did you bring yours? If they didn't bring theirs, move. Amen. Luke chapter 8, verse 50. It says this. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. She will be healed. Can you do me a favor, which I hope that you do, because I believe in doing this writing in your Bible. Like, I don't write in my Bible. That's sacrilegious. Listen, God gives you inspiration to put next to revelation. And when you combine the two together, it creates some of the greatest miraculous spaces of existence in your life. So I want you to write next to that verse right there. It says, it says that Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith and she will be healed. Write the words maybe in parentheses, not yet. Verse 51, it says, when they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except for Peter, John, James, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said, stop weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. Jesus said, not yet. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. Father, we need you right now to open our hearts to receive what you have for us. Father, it is my prayer that this word goes beyond the religiosity, goes beyond the Sunday attendance, goes beyond the Christian existence, and steps into the place where it creates a deeper root in us as believers. Father, this word will change us and shift us and catapult us to another dimension, another level in you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. This morning, I, I told my wife, I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to teach this or I'm going to have to preach this. I don't know because it's been in my spirit all week long. But this morning, I've come into this place looking for some not yet people. Hmm. Y'all missing it this morning. I'm looking for some not yet people, some people who believe that God is not finished yet. Some people who will stop believing the hype of the media and start believing their word. 
that will hold on to the promises and revelations, not the promise of CNN and Fox News. They will not hold on to the promises of a Trump or, or anybody else that ever will be in political office that understands that the Bible says that God appoints kings and magistrates. Can I just say this to you as a sidebar? I don't care if you don't like the president. I don't care. Your word says to pray for him. So if you've got something else to say, you're not in your word, you're in your emotions. And you cannot declare God in the midst of your emotions. So I just need you to understand, I don't care about your political affiliations. I don't care about your, what, what he said. Because listen, he is not the first person in political office that says something stupid. Trust me, it's just a matter of how much it's more, it's more uh, pliable for you to see and to hear these days. It's amazing to me how we get locked up in things that have no consequence of the kingdom of God. Do you understand that he's God? Do you understand that no one can change that? Not anybody in existence can change. He is the only thing that has lasted longer than life itself. And yet we freak out and we go, God, everything's... No, it's not. It's amazing to me how we lose ourselves. This morning, I'm looking for some people that are believing that his greatest works are still ahead of us. That it is not the days of old. It is the days of now that we hold on to that scripture that says, behold, I am doing a new thing. I am not stuck and married to where I've been. I'm not stuck and married to where I've gone through. I'm not stuck and married to who hurt me or who did me wrong. I am married to the promises of God. I am married to what his, what his word has called me. I am married to what he declares over me. I am seated with my father. I I know where I'm going. Amen. That no matter what you've been through or where you are in life, God is declaring over you today, not yet. Is there anybody in this place that believes that? Here's the problem. The not yet that we are accustomed to is the one we use when we're afraid of losing something or something going, well, oh God, not yet. Oh God. Oh, not yet. No, I'm not ready. I wasn't, he wasn't ready. I hear you. Not yet, God, not yet. Here is the problem. God started showing me that the not yet that we are accustomed to using is not the not yet he put in his word. We have become accustomed to begging God to come back into a situation instead of understanding that he is already in the situation. He just needs your faith to get to his level. He needs you to rise up instead of him having to keep coming down and picking you up and picking you up and picking you up. It's like this. When my kids fall, I look at them and say, get up, dust it off. Yeah. I don't run over and go, oh, God. Oh, God. You know what that does? That creates babies. Because the moment you start attending to it, they start crying. But the moment you teach them how to get through it, they get up and go, Asher will fall and hurt himself. And you get up and go, you better? I'm good. Okay, good. Now we can move on. Somebody needs to hug him. No, nobody needs to hug him. Somebody needs to teach him how to pick himself up. That's, can I just say this as a sidebar real quick? That's the problem in the church today. We keep waiting on Jesus to come pick us up when he already did pick you up. But he didn't pick you up so you could keep getting picked up. He picked you up so that you could carry your cross. So you could carry your existence in him. So you could walk with him. Stop looking at Jesus. I fell again. You need to come get me. I'm not getting up till you get me. I'm going to sit here and pitch a fit and throw myself on the floor because you won't come do what I want. How much more does he have to do for you to exist? I'm looking for some people in this place today, some people who will step out of where they've been. I don't care how long you've been saved, but step into that place where you say, uh-uh, not yet. I'm not referring to the not yet of loss. I'm referring to the not yet that says I'm not going out like that. 
I refuse to accept my current status or my position. I still got some things to do in this life. Not the not yet that is afraid of finishing prematurely, but the not yet that tells the devil to his face, not behind his back, not to his demons, but to his face, that the best is ahead of me and my worst is behind me. The not yet that takes you into the next level, into the next season of your life, not the not yet that says I am finished. That's a wrap. I can't go any further. Is there somebody... This says, not yet. I'm not done. Here's the problem. We accept what the world says too much. And I need you to start accepting what God has been declaring over you before the foundations of the earth, that you shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. That means you shall live to the fullness of his existence that he's called purpose and created you to live. You are not done until mm, Jesus. But you don't know what the doctor says. Then you haven't read what your Bible says. Yeah. Pastor, you don't understand. My dad did it. My mom did it. I don't care. Because he was my daddy before my daddy was. He was my mama before my mama was. He was everything. The alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. The lily of the valley. The rose of Sharon. The bright morning star. Not yet. When I started pinning this. When I started writing this, God said, do you understand that the breakthrough of your healing is determined by your not yet? Can I just say this to you? There are people in this room that doctors have declared things over you that you feel aches in your body. And it's because you have been in the latter part of not yet rather than the first part of not yet. Oh, I don't know. It might look that way, but not yet. The doctor might have said it, but not yet. My body might be trying to tell me something, but not yet. Because I'm not going out. I'm not dying in this thing. I'm going to finish the race that he put me in. So turn back with me to the book of Luke chapter 8. Now that I got you riled up and ready to roll. So if the saints start to lose today, just look at the screen and go, not yet. If your team already lost and it's out of the playoffs, you can still say it. Not yet. We still got more seasons to go. Oh, that, that'll, that, that'll preach right there. Some of y'all mad because you didn't win this season. I'll come down here. Your not yet will prepare you for the next season. I was talking to my pastor the other day, and, and he was asking me about the football game, and he was asking me how, because we talk football. We don't talk fans. Y'all understand what I'm talking about? We talk football. So we talk the reality of the game and who's playing and all those things. And, and he goes, how does Tiffany like the game? How does she feel about it? I said, brother man. I said, pastor. She gets up screaming at the TV, yelling, running. He goes, are you serious? I said, man. I said, but here's the crazy part. She told us, and you can ask my kids. She's been saying in our house the whole time since the preseason that the Saints were going to the Super Bowl. Now, watch, 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 watch. Now, don't be aiming at the Saints right now. Calm down. We're in church. If you amen louder for the saints than you do on my preaching, we got problems. Uh, the funny part to me was, was that no matter what happened, she kept declaring it. Even when we lost the game, she kept declaring it. Can I ask you a question? How many games have you lost and you stopped declaring it? See, you, did, you didn't take in to consideration the, all the issues that were happening around you. You just saw a loss and you went, not your God. And God's going, no, 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 no. Did you understand that victories and losses are to increase you? Okay. 
The book of Luke chapter 8, you got it? Yes. Don't go back to the beginning of the scripture because I want to break some things down for you this morning so that you understand this. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, not yet. Don't be afraid, just have faith and she will be healed. But watch this. You know what? I jumped. I jumped. See, I messed all y'all up. I was supposed to read a different verse. See what happens when you don't move your notes in the Sunday morning? Go back to me to 41 real quick. 41. Go back to 41 with me. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, a church man, came and fell at Jesus' feet. Obviously knew who Jesus was, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. Now watch what it says here. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. None of that, none of that story has anything to do with what I'm going to teach on this morning, but I need to give you context so that you understand where I am. But let me say this to you, I understand that there are moments that you need God to move in your life and you feel like he's distracted with other things. <laughs> God, I need you. Why did you take care of them, but you didn't take care of me? That's not faith, baby. That's fear. Do you understand that the anointing in God does not shift? It does not change. It does not dwindle. It does not go away. It is constant. It never goes away. It is the same every single... The anointing in God, the power of God does not shift. Okay, so Jesus is walking, and he's, he's on his way to Jairus' daughter, and this, this crowd comes around him, and this woman comes and touches the hem of his garment. Stop getting mad because you didn't get what you wanted when you wanted it, but understand that he is coming. You want me to prove it to you? There are people in the Bible that said, that waited for years because they had a promise that the Messiah was to come. And they waited, and they waited, and they waited. And I'm not talking about just regular people, I'm talking about blind folk. Waiting outside the gate. And when he heard the sandals of Jesus coming, they said, up, oh, that's him. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Listen to me. I want you to understand this. Just because God doesn't give you what you want when you want it does not mean he's not going to fulfill his promise in you in the earth. Okay, let me give you a sidebar here for a second. It, is, it, it has been diagnosed. It has been x-rayed that I have four degenerated discs in my lower spine. They've all said you need surgery or you need to get injections or you need this or you need that. And I'm like, well, that, there, there's, there's the report right there. Have you ever gotten a stupid report? Yeah. And for those of you in the medical field, I'm not calling medical field stupid. But it's contrary to what my word says. It's contrary to what he says about me. In all honesty, I should not be able to stand up here for the long periods of time, run around, step up on chairs, do the things I do without pulling something or hurting something because of what I deal with on a daily basis. But for some reason, God keeps doing a work in me. And I said, to God, I said to God one day when I was praying, I said, God, why is it that we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover? We can pray for them and we watch them be healed, but you haven't healed me yet. He said, because when I decide to heal you, it won't be for you. Wow. Wow. Oh, watch this. Because anytime God moves, he does not move for the benefit of one person. He does it for the benefit of people in general. When God's ready to heal you, it will not just change you. It will change the dynamics of everyone around you because they will see the hand of God in the land of the living. They will see the righteousness of God moving through you, and then they will be drawn to him. 
You will not be your own trophy. You will become his. But it's amazing to me how we miss this because all we're looking for is ours. And God's saying, listen, I can't do it yet because you want it for you instead of understanding who I am. Don't get mad because God doesn't give you what you want or show up when you want him to show up. He's coming. He's not finished yet. Is he dead? Let me help with something. The only reason that you would think that God's not going to give you what you want is because he's still in the borrowed tomb. You didn't let him rise. You still got him on the cross. Can I tell you something that bothers me? It bothers me. And if you do this, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. It bothers me when people have necklaces with a cross on it with Jesus on it. It bothers me. It irritates me. You pastor, why? Why does that irritate you? Because my Jesus is not on a cross. He's off. That cross is a marker of my life, but it is not. It is not Jesus on the cross. Jesus is alive and well, and he is embracing me and walking with me and talking with me. I am his and he is mine. That is how I am existing with him today. I am not stuck in the past of the pain of loss. I am stuck in the promise of my father and I am walking with him. I take Jesus off the cross, please, and let him live in your life. Stop living in the pain of loss. The, oh, not yet, Jesus. No. See, if we would have been there and we understood what now what we know, then we wouldn't have been standing at the foot of the cross going, no, not yet. When, they, when, they, when they, he dropped his head and said, it is finished, we'd have looked at him and said, not yet. <laughs> he ain't done yet. He's just begun. But people were falling out. Oh, God, no. What are we going to do? Anybody tired of panicking in life yet? Anybody tired of wondering when it's going to happen? Baby, it's already happening. He said, not yet. Don't get mad when he doesn't do it when you, the way you want it. Just stay in it because he's coming. It goes on in verse 49. It says, while he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. Devil's a liar. There's no use in troubling the teacher now. Mm. 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 Can, I, can, I, can I just read that one more time? While he was still speaking to her, the woman with the issue of blood, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. Stop getting distracted with false reports. We are a culture inundated and moved by media. Am I wrong? You see something pop across, oh my gosh. It could be on Facebook. So-and-so died. So-and-so posted on Facebook, Jesus died. Is that true? It's amazing to me. We thought Jesus actually started a Facebook page. There's one. If you go look, there's one. Uh, it's amazing. I don't know who was dumb enough to do that, but they did. Uh, uh, it's amazing to me how we, we, we watch the news and we, 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 hear, we hear this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen and we just we throw ourselves up into a tizzy and we forget that God, the God of the universe, has already given a mandate to us in the earth. He's already given his promises. His Bible says his promises are yes and amen, which means yes and it is finished. There's nothing you can do. So stop getting your head all twisted and getting your arms all thrown up in the air and freak out about anything. Just grab a hold of your word and hold on to his promises. But it is amazing to me how we lose track of that. We claim God when we want something, but we do not claim God for what he's already done. <laughs> we claim God when we want him to give us something greater. God, do this. 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 But we do not say, God, thank you for doing it. <laughs> thank you for already doing it. 
God, I might not see it yet, but I know you did it. I might not have the great marriage yet, but I know you're going to do it. My kids might not all be saved yet, but I know you're going to do it. God, the doctor said I'm dying, but I know you're going to do it. The doctor said my heart's not working right, but God, I know you're going to do it. Father, the people around me have said this church will never grow, but God, you gave me a promise before the first person ever walked in, so I know you're going to do it. It's amazing to me how we live in existence of telling God what we want and never seeing what he's already done. We don't see it. And so we get lost in this perpetual space of existence, of of fearing what is not yet here. But you have not gotten your word long enough to find out what he's already declared over you. And if you just started believing what he declared over you, it will be enough to strengthen your faith to cause you to walk to greater heights and to further places that you've ever existed. We go, but pastor, you got to encourage us. No, the Bible says encourage yourself. It's amazing to me what we've turned the culture into. My wife tells me all the time, I don't understand how you can watch that much news. I like the news, but I don't freak out about the news. I laugh at a lot of it because most of it's comical. Because you watch what they're saying and they're like, it's, it's going to be bad. It's going to be the worst time ever. Says who? You remember that old thing about whose report will you believe? Yeah. That old song, we shall believe the report of the Lord. That, that, we don't even believe that anymore. We believe the report of everything painful because it is easier to identify with problems than it is to identify with liberty. It is easier to be bound than it is to have freedom because being bound doesn't require anything out of you. All you have to do is lay down. When God is moving in your life, in order for you to get to this not yet place, I need you to stop getting distracted with everything that's happening around you. If the news is twisting your faith, turn the stupid thing off. If Facebook is twisting your faith, turn the stupid thing off. If Instagram is twisting your faith, turn the stupid thing off and stop giving things an inroad to twist the God that dwells on the inside of you. If you got a problem with comparison living and you start looking at Facebook, you go, I understand how they have that life. Baby, 90% of that is Photoshopped. 90% of that is fake. They found a picture posted on the internet to make themselves look good. The truth of the matter is that when they close their eyes at night, they cry themselves to sleep because they have no peace. They have no joy. They have no comfort. Stop comparative living your life based on what you see on a phone or on a computer and start living in the fullness of the word and understand that God has a plan for you. For the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for who? Me. Some of y'all got to stop declaring it over everybody else and start declaring it over yourself. Stop whimpering and whining and walking through Walmart crying yourself silly. I almost say this real quick. For those of you that are single here, believe in God for a mate. Let me tell you how I found mine. I stopped looking. <laughs> what, Pastor? You just stopped? Yeah. Because God said, not yet. Because I got a plan. Some of y'all been in a wrong relationship. God saved you from it. Amen. It says in verse eight and verse 50, it says this, but when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith and she'll be healed. He said, not yet. Is your faith strong enough? Wait, to rely just upon his word? Yeah. No, Pastor, I'm really much better when God demonstrates. Aren't we all? I feel a lot better when he demonstrates. 
But I have a book of promises. Do you know how I stop falling apart when the world tells me one thing? Because I know before the media told me anything, God told me everything. Before the media ever reported its first report, before people ever started talking, God wrote the first report. And this report has lasted through the test of time. This is the only report I listen to. Pastor, you can't be that naive. You can't be that super spiritual. Why not? It was good enough for Jesus. Why can't it be good enough for me? Can, can, I, can I just help you here for a second? I love it. Can I just, I'm just going to say as a sidebar. I don't get on, people ask me all the time, did you, did you get my message on Facebook? No, I don't get on Facebook that much because it irritates me. Because I'm so tired of watching believers look like sinners and then dibble dabbling on both sides of life and then calling themselves holy. Drives me nuts. And you didn't like that. I'm sorry. I just, I had to say it. Posting pictures that they know God wouldn't approve of, but in the middle of their sin, they don't care what God thinks. And then it's left on the indelible mark of the internet for life. And just because you delete it doesn't mean it's gone, baby. Because even if it's off your page, thousands of people saw it before you deleted it. And now you've marked everybody's eyesight and their hearts with your sin. I know. Oh, Pastor, go back to the nice part. Go back to the nice part. No, this is truth. You write, we will write things on Facebook. You shouldn't be writing. Because it doesn't look like God even dwells in the same house or in the same neighborhood that you live in. It looks like you have been quit on, discarded, and thrown away. Why would you ever declare God and then declare some of the foolishness you declare, you declare on social media? It is amazing to me what we do. I, I, I got to ask you this question. When was the last time what came out of your mouth was, was the power of God, not the power of your problems? When was the last time you stepped into a place? Jairus is coming in the midst of his daughter dying. He leaves his daughter. You know that takes guts to walk out of that place. Goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, come, my daughter's dying. Because he had enough faith, even though he was the ruler of a synagogue, a religious space. He was willing because he knew that Jesus was the Messiah. He went to Jesus and said, Jesus, please come heal my daughter. Because he knew the power in him was greater than what he had. Is your faith strong enough? And if it's not, baby, you got to start working that thing out. Ah, oh, the devil's a liar. The other day I was, the other day I crawled up. Uh, yeah, look, man, fasting will mess with you physically real quick. Amen. It doesn't just mess with you mentally and emotionally. It messes with you physically. When you're doing nothing but fruits and Jesus, help us. Okay? Everything changes. The body changes. Everything changes. So I got up on the recliner the other day and I sat down and my heart started doing some weird stuff. Just like, I couldn't find a heart. I was like, just, just going nuts. I felt it like shaking in my chest. And that happens every once in a while. And you go, Pastor, no. But God said. Not yet. So I slayed and I said, hey, God. And I didn't say it like that because I'd have freaked out my family. But in my own way, I'm like, God, I'm not done. So whatever this is, got to straighten up. Because you promised that you would heal me. Because your word said before I was born, before a doctor ever diagnosed me, that you would heal me. So, God, I'm just declaring it right now. And I just sat in that chair, and all of a sudden my heart goes, I went to my wife the next morning, and I said, hey, I went a little bit AFib for like 15 minutes. She goes, why didn't you tell me? Because I didn't really need to. God's got it. We're good. When was the last time you looked at your life and just gave God permission to exist in where you are, that your faith was strong enough that maybe he didn't give it to you when you wanted it, but he was still going to give it to you? Go on to verse 51. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. He said, not yet. Sometimes... Sometimes 
you have to remove people from around you that have come to affect your not yet. Give you the story real quick. I was 20. I got a phone call. I was working in a youth department in Tampa. Youth pastor was out of town. We get a phone call that a young man had been in a car accident, near fatal car accident. Looking for the youth pastor. Youth pastor was out of the state, so I went to the hospital. Walked into the hospital, and everybody's weeping and wailing, and the mom and dad had called us in to pray. Now, let me help you with something in case you ever call me to pray. If I walk in the room and I feel that there's doubt in the room, I will dismiss every person that stands in that room until all lack of faith has left the room because I will not pray in an atmosphere where I got a bunch of non-believers standing around me. So if you ever feel that way, just understand I'm going to come, I'll, I'll feel it, and I'll remove it. And that's not to hurt your feelings. That's because where we're about to go, I can't have any going. Now let's see if this works. Jesus did the same thing. That's where I got this from. So I walked into the hospital. I walked in the room, and I got family members. Hey, we got to start planning funerals. The kid's still, the heartbeat is still there. He's in a coma. But the heartbeat's still there, and they're planning a funeral. They're writing him off. I walked in the room. Mom and dad are standing next to me. They're off in the corner. That, that's how you always find the ones that lack faith. They get off in corners and chit-chat. They lose their way. I said, excuse me. They said, yes. I said, can you step out for a second? They're like, why? I said, because you lack faith, and where I'm going, I can't have you around. The mom and dad kind of looked at me wide-eyed because I was talking to their family, but I wasn't there on family business. I was there on kingdom business. I walked in with a promise. I knew what my word said, and I was declaring nothing less. So we walked in. We prayed for him. When I was done praying, I didn't go and labor over, oh, God, oh, Jesus, oh, what are you going ah! Nothing, none of that. Hey, God, this is your kid. The enemy wants to kill him, but I know you have a promise for him. Hey, God, tag, you're it. I prayed. I walked out the room. I walked out the room. I go to the car. I get in the car. My cell phone rings. It's the mama. Can you come back upstairs? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. At that moment, flesh kind of took over. I thought I was getting the flatline moment. And I was like, oh, God, what did I just do? <laughs> and, and I said, yes, man, what happened? He goes, his eyeballs just opened. He's woke up. He's sitting straight up and he's talking to us. Okay, hold on. That's the kind of faith God needs out of you. Yeah. <sighs> not yet. He's not done yet. Yeah. Now, I'll give you one more story real fast. There was a lady by the name of Eileen Mellorine. Some of you will know who I'm talking about. Some of you have no clue who I'm talking about. Walked into the hospital. She was on her, on her hospital bed. She had had something wrong with her heart. I sat in that hospital room, and we began to pray for her. I'm going to tell you what God told me, and I don't share this very openly, but, but I want you to hear this story. I'm standing at the foot of the bed. We're praying for her, believing God for a miracle. She looked at me in the face, and she said, all of my family has been restored through this. I'm good. God told me tomorrow morning I'm taking her home. What do you do when God tells you something like that? No, God, not yet. Nuh-uh. God already said not yet. Literally. Six o'clock the next morning, we get a phone call that she went peacefully in her sleep and went home to be with Jesus. When we went to the hospital to meet with the family, all of the family who had been against each other for years were now hugging and holding and loving, and, and God had broken the bondage in the family. And you go, no, God. It's, it. Listen, baby, you didn't write the story. Let go. Just enjoy the book. Enjoy the book, but stop trying to tell God how to write your story. But understand that when, when things happen in your life that are trying to take you out, just, hey, God, whatever it is you want, I'm good. But God, not yet. I've got stuff to do. Yeah. 
That's not telling God he can't have his way. It's telling God I'm willing to stay in the fight. Because I think more people are losing the fight today because they're willing to die in the fight than they're willing to live in the fight. It goes on in verse 53. It says, but the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. And Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Be careful the people around you are not speaking death to the things that God's trying to breathe life into. Are, are, are you sure you should be? Maybe shut up. Don't, don't, don't say that. Don't, don't do that. Don't know. Shut up's a holy word, just so y'all know. That's not a bad word. That's a holy word. Because God has told me that more than one occasion. Shut up. Because if we'd be willing to shut up more, we might hear more. See, 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 the enemy laughs at you. But God declares over you. But the enemy laughs at you. I love it when the enemy laughs at me. Because it turns on something inside of me that just wants to lose my mind. That I stop caring what other people think and I just want to punch him square in the mouth. But I'm going to do it through a demonstration. I'm going to do it through showing him that I'm not going out like that. That when the enemy has come in over the years and said, with my heart situation, like, you know, Brian, you're you going to die. You ain't going to make it. You ain't going to see your kids grow up. Are you stupid, devil? Should you be doing that? Listen, can I tell you what I'm trying to do? No, I'm telling you what I'm Actually, I'm telling you what I'm doing in this year. I'm living my life as if nothing is broken. Because you'd be amazed that if you live your life as if you're broken, how long you'll stay broken. I am choosing to live as if there is nothing wrong with me. I am existing as if nothing is wrong with me. When people say, don't do that, that's going to hurt you. Because my God said, not yet. And I'm not going to take your diagnosis or your fears. I'm not going to walk with them. I have the promises of the one who created me, the one who formed me in my mother's womb, the one who numbered the hairs on my head, the one who gave me a distinct fingerprint unlike anyone else's, the one who called me by name into his marvelous light. You cannot mess up what God's already promised me. So let me share this with you real quick. The reason this message was written was because on Monday I received a, a, uh, an email that came through and, and they said, have you seen this? And I said, and I was like, well, I clicked on the information on it. And it gentleman by the name of Donnie McClurkin. And for those of you that don't know, I am a big time gospel music fan. I am a, I'm a lover of all gospel music, but I love good old church gospel music. And uh, Donnie McClurkin is probably, there's some songs he's penned over the years that, that, man, has messed me up, roughed me up, straightened me out, did a lot of different things in my life. Well, anyway, uh, at the beginning of December, he was in a near-fatal car accident. And this, this message that I got had a video attached to it, and I'm going to play it for you in just a second because I want you to catch what happened. But it's what spawned this message in me because I think if we would understand this pursuit of not yet, we would see greater victories in our lives. If we would just grab a hold of the not yet before the situation rather than after the situation, we'd see greater victories in our lives. So I want to share this video with you real quick. But before I do it, let me show you the picture real quick. It should be up there. First one, this is his car after the car accident. His car actually flipped twice. And uh, he was drug out by two people that found his car on the side of the road. And 
by all case tents and purpose, the doctor said that he should have died. So what I'm about to do is show you the video two Sundays after this car accident. He's a pastor now of a church, and, uh, and, and this is what happened. I want you to check this out real quick. Thought about yesterday. Don't know how I got away. But death heard Jesus say, said not you. So, that's all I was singing back then in the back. Thought it was the end this time, God said. Thought that I would lose my mind, God said. Thinking about yesterday. Don't know how I got away. Death heard Jesus say. I, I stop, stop, stop. I gotta, I gotta, we gotta go on. Gotta go on. Gotta go on. Gotta go on.
don't sit down. There are those of you in this room that have that testimony right there. Let me show you another picture real quick. Click the next picture for me. Hit refresh real fast. Mine and I have been refreshed. There you go. You know whose car that is? Michael Nelson, who's standing in the sound booth right now. I watch. After the car accident, it broke ribs, broke his arm. Concussion, heavy, severe concussion. Should have killed him. The engine came in, the engine block came into the car, should have crushed him. But God said, that's one story in this room. This room is full of not yets. I have multiple not yets. <laughs> I've tested him, I've tried him. But the reason God gives you a not yet is because you still have a yet to come in your life. But we forget about the not yet's in our existence. We forget where he's brought us from. We forget what he saved us from. We forget what he delivered us from. God said, I did all that. When the enemy wanted you, when he wanted you dead and gone, I was in heaven going, uh-uh. Because the greatest story is still yet to be written. Not yet. Could you imagine if we had a church that just leaped up and said, God, no matter what, not yet. Because I got a destiny. And I'm going to fulfill it. Because God gave me a promise and I'm going to hold true to it. Doesn't matter. If you're in this room this morning and say, Pastor, I, I get it. I had my not yet. Will you please stand to your feet this morning? See, here's, here, let me say this to you as you're standing to your feet. Because I knew I was preaching to the right room. Stop looking over your shoulder and comparing it to what hasn't been. And understand that when God does a not get, it is a new thing. It's to launch you into a new place. Pastor Donnie's sitting up there and he's just declaring what God's laid on his heart. And he declares that, that death, you can't have me right now. When I saw that on Sunday, can I on Monday, can I tell you what I did? I was in my office. Nobody was in the building. I was in there by myself. We had a Holy Ghost moment. I'll tell you right now, you'd have come freaked out walking in this building hearing me because I was hollering, weeping and cried tears running down my face. Because I, I listen, I've learned in life to expose the enemy because he just likes to hide in corners. So there have been times in my life where I have questioned my existence because of what I've been through. Will I be around? Whew. And I'm, I'm sitting in my computer and I've got this little folder full of pictures of my kiddos and my wife. And I just started kind of going through it. And God told me, he said, I wouldn't have given you this much if I was planning on taking you early. Man, I tell you, I leaped up out my chair. I had to take a walk. Because sometimes it's so much in you, you can't sit still any longer. And I've been sitting in this all week. Last night I was sitting on the bed writing a couple more things to this message. And I started singing the song. I kept pointing my wife going, sing it. Not yet. She's like, don't you make me sing that. I'm, I'm not going to make you sing it. But I've been asking God that that be the statement of my existence all week long. That he said, not yet. No matter what comes my way, not yet. 
Not yet. God, you're not done with Jairus' daughter. Jesus, he's not done with my daughter. Will you please come and heal her? And on the way, I know you I know you got pulled, but I still know that the power is dwelling on the inside of you. And when people come and give me a false report, I'm still going to hold on to the faith that the promises that she shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And when he walks in the room, he clears a pathway because they can't, be, they can't muddy up the waters. And so he clears it out and he just looks at the situation. Jairus, it never says that Jairus' faith wavered. It just says that Jairus walked with Jesus. I just want to challenge you to get into this space. God said, not yet. Doesn't matter. None of the world matters anymore. What matters is his kingdom. Roxanne, he said, not yet. I could do this all over this room. I could tell story after story after story in this room of not yet. But if he gives you a not yet, what will you do with it now? Go back to where you've been so you have to get another not yet? Or will you walk in the not yet so that you can have something to declare that is yet to come? Because God saved you for what purpose? So you could just tell your story and be like, oh, look at me. No, it's so that you can tell others about how good he is and how he never quits and now he never fails and now he never sleeps and how he never slumbers and that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why you have a not yet. This morning I was sitting in my office and my daughter was in there and she's humming, not yet. I said, it gets in your head, doesn't it? She goes, yeah. Oh. I can't even, I can't even give you the feeling that I'm having right now that this is going to launch you into the next phase, the next season, the next existence, the greater levels because you are going to live not yet. It's amazing that God will give you a word out of a video. And have you about running through the church? Because God said, not yet. If you've been walking in your existence, you said, Pastor, I have been fearful. I've been wondering if it's ever going to come to pass. And I'm ready to walk in my not yet. Will you just raise your hands and ask me, Pastor? This, this isn't an altar call moment. This is not, I'm not calling you up. Just raise your hand. Just keep it up there. Keep it up there. Don't put it down yet. <laughs> The devil's about to get a punch in the eye. Because he said, it's going to be stuck in your head all week long. You wake up with aches in your body, you're like, not yet. When the boss comes against you tomorrow morning, hey, not yet. When that person cuts you off on the road and you want to say some bad things, hey, not yet. You ain't stealing my joy. I dare you, if you got a doctor's appointment this week, look at your doctor this week. When they give you that report, you didn't want to hear, hey, listen, I hear you, but not yet. You're not going to, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. God, I got, it's been in me all week long. God. I was, I was, I was 26 years old. Went to the, went to the doctor to get my mail checkup. Can I get an email from somebody? And I was asking all the questions like, when do I have to have this exam? When do I have to have this exam? And there's a thing called a prostate exam that I wasn't looking forward to. Can I get an amen from every man in the room? Amen. And, uh, and, and, and he looked at me. This man, Jewish doctor, looked at me, wearing his Jewish stuff on his chest. Remember, just because they wear it doesn't mean they are. Amen. He looked at me in the face and he goes, you're probably going to get prostate cancer. 
I said, what? He said, well, one out of every six men get it. I said, I'm not in that six, Bubba. And he looked at me, he said, well, I'll see you in about a month and a half for your next checkup. I said, no, you won't. I'll find a new doctor. He goes, why? I said, because I'm not going to sit around a doctor that's going to declare something over me that's not true. Not yet. Mm -mm, that ain't my promise. He got mad. Ooh, did he get mad? But then I looked at him, I said, but my God declared something greater over me. Then he didn't know what to say. Because that Jewish star on his chest kind of burnt in a little bit. It's kind of like, oh, snap. Well, I'm just saying, like, this is that bold faith that we read in the Bible. We're like, man, that's an amazing story. When will you become the next story in the book? When will they tell your story? When will they write your story? Hey, he could have quit. But God said, not yet. He could have thrown in the towel. Baby, I've tried to do it a thousand one times, and God kept telling me, no, not yet. You're not done. I've had offers. I've had all kinds of things over the years, opportunities. And God, every time I pray about it, God says, hey, have you finished? Well, no, then you're not done yet. Not yet. God's not finished. And if you think he is, I'm here to tell you he's only just begun. Take the hand of the neighbor standing next to you. Oh, y'all going to be doing this all week long. You're walking, humming this through y'all. Mm, not yet. When you want to get in a fight with your spouse, look at him and go, not yet. Oh. If those saints start playing like they played the Eagles last week, not yet. My wife will be doing that today if they do that. Not yet, not yet, not yet. The greatest days, right? Can I tell you real quick? Real quick. I, I, I know I gotta shut up. It's you ever get a word so deep in you you just can't stop. It's like I just want to scream. Last week when we were up here, the Holy Ghost hit this place. If y'all were here last week, Jesus have mercy. If you haven't gone and watched it, go watch it. I started jumping on the stage and lost my mind last week. But this space, even in me. I've started to see the call on my family and the purpose that he has in them. Like, I, I, I don't know what God's going to do, but y'all better watch out because that woman sits over there. Something about to happen. Look, she's shaking her head. Don't do this. No, I'm telling you. Don't put, the, don't put the curse of the cat on me, baby. Don't do it. No, this, I'm telling you, there is an igniting. Y'all ever seen a rocket launch? They got to light, light, light the boosters first. They got all this prep work, and, it's, and it, it revs up. That's the stage she's in right now. And I can hear it, and I can feel it. That's why I'm not looking over there right now. But there is, there is a deeper anointing that is about to come out of her that will, Jesus. She said to me for years, she said, baby, I'm not you. I said, I know you're not me. If you were me, we'd kill people. You gotta, there gotta be a balance here. But there's a prophetic unction 
that is being deposited on the inside of her that I'm not even ready for? She'll be calling me out in the middle of the bedroom. The Lord said, oh, Jesus, here we go. But God told me last week, get out of the way. I went home. She goes, tell me what you said again. God said, get out of the way because what he's about to do in you is something brand new. If you knew all of our stories, if you knew all the stories, we're not supposed to be here. Are we, baby? No, we, we messed it up bad. But God said, in my jail cell, God said, not yet. <laughs> all times. I don't care how many times you keep going, Brian. I'm still going to keep telling you, not yet. Because I got a plan. I don't care where you've been, what you've gone through, what you're going through right now. God says, not yet. Squeeze that hand to the neighbor standing next to you. Mm. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you seal this word. That, Father, we would start saying not yet before an issue, not after an issue. That we would walk in such bold faith that we would declare you before a thing, not after a thing. Jairus declared you before the report of her death and still had enough faith to believe that if you just came, she would live. Father, I'm asking for that increase of faith in this house. A bold, courageous, crazy faith. Father, we would stop whimpering into the darkness while the world wonders where the church has gone, but that the church would be alive and well and walking in the same heartbeat that you are. That we would lay down our, our, our spotlights, we'd lay down our notoriety, we'd lay down our positions, and we would just become those who diligently seek your face. Father, my prayer is in this house, we'll choose you over everything. Everything 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 God I choose you before I chose my wife I chose you before I chose my before you gave me my kids father I still choose you over everything so father I pray that you would encourage us in this area that you would strengthen us in this area so that we will walk in the faith of the not yet when something comes our way we know that you have a plan and a purpose when things don't work the way we want them to God you're trying to teach us something in the middle of it when it seems like we're down and out, God, you are only coming to lift us up through the process so that you can create a greater level in us. That we stop looking at the problems of this world. When the news says we're going to hell, we go, no, I'm going to see my father. That our walk, our talk, and our movement is towards you. But father, I ask right now that you would touch each and every person in this place remind us that we have a not yet so that we can go declare what is yet to come father you healed Jairus's daughter we never hear a story about her but I bet you she was one of the baddest preachers on the planet I bet you she declared you all over the world why because Jesus said Father, we live and move and have our being in you. We're alive because of you. Because you chose us. And when we could have killed ourselves, you still breathe life into us. So, Father, I pray that this week, as we go through our week, we would declare this. No matter what, 
No matter what hardship comes our way, God, you're not finished with us yet. And it will give us the strength and the faith to keep moving so that we can demonstrate your power and your might in the earth. So we can be a representation of your love and the freedom that we have in you. Father, let us be vessels this week. Let us show the world what it's like to live full, full of Jesus.